Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Psy Effect Radio Show. I am Psy, your host. Today I'm going to share with you my part two conversation with Nightcap host Peter Bailey. And as I explore his mind, you're going to learn about Peter's favorite books, how his father's diagnosis with Alzheimer's has affected him, what type of woman is Peter attracted to, along with his new movie role, and will there be a sequel to The Magic City. So, stay locked, don't go anywhere, because I'll be right back with Mr. Peter Bailey right after this. Hey folks, this is your boy Peter Bailey, and I just said my best nightcap yet, with my girl's side on her show, Besides Fresh. You penned the book Magic City with um, Trick Daddy. I remember reading somewhere, I don't know if it was on Twitter or Facebook, that you're doing a sequel to the book? Um, we have <laughs> we have we had we had signed a deal. It's actually in the book, it's advertised. It's called Nan. It's okay. actually a graphic novel series where Trick Daddy has a superpower. And he's basically taking back, like, I am his writer friend. Like, you know, our, our it's, it's a lot about me and him. Our worlds have collided. Cause mm-hmm. I'm over here in the corporate machine, and he's over here. And his job is he's tired of the labels and the, the artists who don't have the vested interest now of our community at hand. And he's basically... I won't tell you the superpower, but he's basically coming and taking back everything. I kind of help him. Oh, man. So that, that's kind of been on the table for a minute. It's just that he's been busy with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nightcap kind of took off, so we're kind of trying to find the room to get together and finally make it happen. But a lot of people have been waiting for another trick. That is Peter Bailey collaboration. Yes. <laughs> that sounds exciting. I'm I'm eagerly waiting as well. So please <laughs> let me know. Let me know, please. Dh Lawrence. I don't really like any contemporary writing at all. I don't read any contemporary anything. All I read is ancient. A lot of ancient history. I read a lot of of, of, of the epic. You know, I'm a big historic epic guy. You know, Alexander the Great. Hannibal, Imhotep, and then I love writing from like the, I want to say the 18th century, 17th century, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with D.H. Lawrence as a writer, his work in college, where he's great at depicting stories that speak on his demons. You know, because I think in this world, life is a is a, is a cycle of, 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 of once again pro- pro- progression and just making yourself better. And this mm-hmm. Lawrence really put the human experience of, of just, it was very character-driven. So I'm a big D.H. Lawrence fan. I like John Keats, the poet, you know, the British cat from years and years ago. I just, I like the, I, I like work that's very, I like writing, because I'm a very visual writer. Like, that's my right. writing style. So I like writing that makes you feel, hear, and touch and see, as opposed Love to just it. a bunch of, big words that try to hit you over the head. Like I tell people all the time, <laughs> great writing and great art is the is the gift of being profound in the less amount of time and space possible. Mm. I give you an example. Bob Marley, amazing writer. I don't want to wait in vain for your for your love. You know, it's not <laughs> big vocabulary words, 
but it's so powerful. It means something. Yes. Look, I love you, and I don't want to wait in vain. Mm-hmm. So that's just being very pro- profound. So contemporary writers, I got it. I read a lot of old stuff like Moby Dick, and um, okay. I like I like African literature more so because they write like Chinua Achiba and stuff. They write from a non-reactionary stance. I don't like reading books and the entire narrative is about white master oppressing me and I got this hard. I don't like it. I like books where we're empowered. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, where the hero, the villain, the, you know, I don't like any reactionary work at all. When when my life is based on reacting to the man or to somebody that's oppressing me. You're pretty young. What you're, you're you're like what in your thirties or early? I, 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 I can't give that up, but I am very young. I, I, you know I can't give you that fact. Come on, Ty. Come on. My my psychic powers tells me that you are have to be a '80s baby like myself. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm definitely '80s baby. Definitely '80s. All right. Definitely All right. 80s. Now, at your age. Yeah. Did you think that you would be where you are in your career right now? I knew I was headed to something. I knew what I wanted. I knew I was going to write books. I definitely mm-hmm. knew I was going to write books. I definitely, I didn't know my first book was going to be on that level. I actually collaborate with a with a with a with a legend. You know, it could have right. been just a book that got published. Like your dream was to get a book published. Um, I knew I, I guess I knew I would be where I'm at eventually. I don't know if maybe this soon. And that's not too much of an arrogant place. It's like I think I've been through so much in my life side mm-hmm. that it's kind of like the universe. Like you look at the universe, okay, okay Peter, it kind of beat you up enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, okay, come on. You know what I'm saying? So I think when you really have gone through a lot and you've stayed at something for a very, very long time, Eventually, you know it has to work out. Now, seeing that, I appreciate every day. Like yesterday, I was telling some people, and some people were rushing me to come on, and I said, no, I got to talk. So I don't care who you are. If you're the guy at the bagel shop, I don't care who you are. If you appreciate Peter Bailey and what I do and what I bring to society, I love you and I appreciate you because nothing in this world, favor is not, you're not entitled to favor. You are not entitled to anybody giving a damn about you or what you think you are or how important you think you are. So when people embrace me, I appreciate it tenfold, you know, and it's because I've been to some of these in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say I, I appreciate you too. I know our world collided for a reason. Oh, and definitely. Um, definitely. definitely, I'm glad we're here, and I'm able to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for that. Of course, of course. I remember reading um, a couple of years ago, I want to say in '09. It, mm-hmm. it, it was very heartfelt. It left me emotional where you were speaking about your father who suffers from Alzheimer's. And yeah, yeah, yeah. How has his disease affected you? Um, it's probably the most influential thing in my existence. Um, I grew up, my like, you know, I, I have to say I, I was one of the kids blessed in a certain environment where my father was a kingdom. You know, like, my father was a living 
Joseph thirty five was a living, breathing king. When I say a living, breathing king, a king is someone who provides, he protects, he makes sacrifices for everyone he loves and cares about. Mm-hmm. I always say my father, and that's why I always say, you know, I'll just, I, I don't care, I, I, I will, I will go there. You take a guy like Romney, you take a guy who's weaseled his way into the world and lied and just literally, he's just, he, he's, he's just subpar at everything he does. Mm-hmm. But this guy somehow, somewhere was afforded the opportunity to nearly, you know, lead the the free world. I look at a guy like my father who was born into the struggle in Trinidad, migrated to St. Thomas for a better life, and took the little money he had and was, like, I remember when I went to see him in the hospital, he nearly passed, he had some issues, and all these people were outside the hospital. And this guy said, man, do you know what your father meant? I said, oh, that's what you're talking about. He said, your father used to take any little money he had, and he was paying to get people's papers and their citizenship right. Like, he would just take home this thing for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. you know, before he, he, he was a minister, you know, and this is just the heart. He had, I remember coming home, and homeless people would be in my bedroom sleeping, and my father saying, you know, Peter, you have to sleep on the floor. That's the type of person my father was or is. Mm-hmm. And when this Alzheimer's thing hit, like I was, if my father was given a better stage, uh, the things he would have, the things that, that he'd have meant, and you know, he still means a lot because wealth is relative. I say the value of a man's wealth is the hearts and the lives he touched. It's really not about how much money you have and how much power mm-hmm. you have, who you're gonna. It's really about the lives you're touching. If, you know, if you're waking upside and you wake up every morning and your end all is to go drive your little fancy car. And, and, and go eat at the best restaurant, and, and just just go sit down somewhere. Like you, you, you're just taking up space on God's earth. If, if when you wake up, there's not one person that's not a family member. It's not immediately in your life that you're getting something from that you're not affecting in a positive way. Like you really just rethink your reason for being. Ooh. And um, when when the Alzheimer's hit, it destroyed me. It it just it was crazy because yeah. I fought my whole life for my father to be proud of me because I knew what he wanted. You know, it, it's like this the, the the film. I guess you know, bring that up later. But mm-hmm. but the movie like that that, I, that I'm in, that's the type of films you thrive on. You know, the powerful black history dramas and and um this Alzheimer's thing. It's just it's kind of like it's torture because it's like a person. They don't remember. They don't know you. Yeah. So it, it, it's like you hit it, and you did. You know, you were you were my father's type of person. I know what he wanted. He wanted me and any kid coming out of the Virgin Islands to have something better. And mm-hmm. and he'd have died for that. He'd have died for that. He'd have gave his last for that. He wanted the kids in me and my neighborhood to see something better and do something. He was the guy that challenged everybody that said, if you come from a certain environment, you want to be X. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in, certain, in certain environments, you go to public school, and you can see that that pisses me off. You can tell the teachers have really no faith in the kids because they kind of feel like these are a bunch of children that's going to be a bunch of mess-ups, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to come to work and do what I want to do. Like, right. I, I, I all those type of teachers should be lined up and fired and, and abandoned mm-hmm. and just left an abandoned ship. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing you could do is tell a young mind what they can't do. 
is put limitations on a young mind. I hate that. And my father was the guy that said, Peter, if you want to go to Mars, try it. Somehow, somewhere, you're going to fall amongst Pluto or something, but you got to try it. You got to go out there and just try it. You know, so with the Alzheimer's, it, it, it's crazy. And this thing, this Alzheimer's is hitting a lot of people. A lot of people come. I don't know yeah, why I'm going my, my, my mom the other day. And everybody I know has a loved one that's affected by Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's what we're eating, you know, our diets. And then what's crazy about the Alzheimer's is that there's so much lack of resource. So you really sometimes you don't know if it's dementia, you don't know if it's Alzheimer's. The medications right. are, are kind of suspect sometimes. So, you know, I just tell people, this, this, this is what I tell people now. If you have a loved one and you see they're reaching a certain age and, and, and they're getting a little forgetful, like one of the things you start seeing is the forgetfulness. They also start to hoard stuff. You know, mm-hmm. hoarding is something that is a, is a problem on its own, but a lot of people coming out with Alzheimer's, they start to do that. They start to get paranoid about things and losing things and, and packing the house with different things. And being very forgetful where he was asking about the weather a lot. And um, just go embrace your loved ones, man. Like, like for me, my mother, my father, my parents, those are my hearts. Like, I don't understand how people have their parents and they get older and they shove them in a nursing home somewhere. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get this. I I'm don't either. In college, in college and my roommates and these kids, the staff, when they mad, they, 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 they have to go home. I'm like, man, I wish my mother was down the street somewhere. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I, I, just, I don't understand it. So, yeah, the Alzheimer's, it definitely rocked my world. And honestly... I haven't fully gotten over it. I don't think you get over something like that. Right. But it would be impossible. What, yeah, yeah. What I have learned is to deal with it in a manner where, you know, she's smiling and he's, yeah, you know, he, he, he's a big jazz aficionado. He loves jazz. He put me on the jazz culture and Miles and these guys. Mm, and, um, he, you know, he smiles. So I personally think he knows what's going on a little bit. He just can't articulate. I think with all conversations, right. There's a confusion in their mind. They kind of feel you a little bit because they're probably looking at me. And I said, you, you kind of recognize me, but yeah. you can't communicate. You can't communicate it. So I tell mm-hmm. anybody with an Alzheimer's, a caregiver, say it. Just keep saying nice, nice things because they hear you. They, they are listening to what you're saying. And I agree. And please be patient, man. I've seen yeah. people out, and I saw an older lady. And obviously the person, she was a little bit confused with I could see that the, the, the daughter or the whoever, they were yelling at them. Please, oh, stop man. You know, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you got an elderly person that brought you into this world, Crazy. and now they can't give you what, you know what I'm saying? You're yelling, you're carrying on. I, I, I don't understand well, I know your father is definitely proud of you, whether he can say Thank it or not. I know deep down you can feel that he's proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've, you've had the pleasure of interviewing some amazing people on yeah. your show, yeah. Nightcap, from musicians yeah. to um, yeah. athletes, comedians. Who else would you like to share a nightcap with? Ah, um, for the moment, top of, on the top of my head, right now, DMX, Sade, and, and Will Smith. Woo! Nice. Can yeah. I add some more to it? Can I add some more? You can knock yourself out. <laughs> Wiz Khalifa, Ice Cube, Definitely. Chris Tucker, 
and Maya Angelou. I like that. I actually like all those. Yeah, I like all those people. Definitely. Actually, Chris Tucker, I'm a big fan of I I like the way Chris Tucker, the guy controls his brand, and he picked and chose exactly. Remember, there was a moment when Tucker had the war on his fingers. I remember, I think I was reading that literally he was given, he was offered the role of, Oh, of Jamie Foxx's role in any given Sunday. So if you think about it, uh-huh. that role, where would Jamie Foxx be? So this right. is a guy that had so much power to shift the industry, and he picked and chose. And people are like, well, Chris, you're hot right now. Why don't you just get this money? But he, you know, he laid low, and now he's back in a movie, and he's still on mm-hmm. top. So he's actually the guy I respect a lot. What advice would you give your younger self? My younger self. Mm-hmm. Um. I would tell this to my younger self and anybody out there. I put, I put it this way. When I was younger, starting out in my career, I, you know, I was one of those people, I guess, felt in that little category of prodigy or somewhere. I, my talents were kind of beyond my years. So wherever I was, I got upset. Because I'm like, why are they talking about these five years? I need five years. I could do what that four-year-old person is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Now that I run my own business, I realize Crazy. that it's not about... It's not about the talent. It's also about having the major the maturity. See, life mm-hmm. is not really about the team. The hardest part is having the maturity to manage and maintain. Does that make any sense? Makes a lot it's of like, sense. It's like so. I remember being young. I was at Time Magazine when I was like 22 years old, and I was published in Time, and that was a big thing because you just don't do that. You know, that kind of rocks the top brass because every senior writer is 50 or 40, you know, been there for 20 years. Who's this young buck that you think can get a byline in Time Magazine? So mm-hmm. I was a talented, you know, writer. But there are things, and, you know, not to play devil's advocate because when, you're, when your brother and, you know, if, if you know people don't just kind of get around us and nurture a black young prodigy, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? We we yeah. we're more of a threat. You know, they don't kinda of mm-hmm. get around us and nurture us and groom us. But um I would tell any person try to enjoy this journey to the success instead of waiting for the happiness thinking when the success comes. The journey mm-hmm. is the most important part. A lot of people say, Well when I get this then I'm going to be happy. No, you won't. No, you when you won't. get, because that's happened to me. I published a book. I thought I was my, God, if you were to publish a book. And after the book came, I wanted something else. So now mm-hmm. I'm learning the balance of, and I'm learning that still. I don't get Right. I'm trying to learn, actually. <laughs> How do you stay happy during the process? Yeah. Instead of, that gratification at the end, because you know what's going to happen. You're going to get that gratification, boom, and then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be grinding and, and losing out and not dating and not doing this and not doing that, mm-hmm. and then you're way to the next thing, and then so enjoy the journey. And younger people, we don't we don't understand that concept. You know, when, when the older cats get to feed us, go down, boss. <laughs> it ain't going. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 really something that's that's important. That's great advice. Great advice. You, you know, you've added actor to your resume. Yeah, okay. What ventured you into the acting world? Um, 
What's funny about that is this is something I've always done. Even from high school, I was in drama. I used to skip basketball practice, go to sneak away drama rehearsal. Wow. Um, but the thing is, I'm I'm six eight. So as you know, people in TV are small. You know, they're right. easier with the camera. So, you know, I'm a practical person. So the writing thing took off. So I said, ah, I'll get to that. But what I didn't understand was, if you're a person that's exceptionally with a certain size, what happens in the in the in the Hollywood world is that, yes, you may be blocked off from morals because you can't fit in. But if you're mm-hmm. a very good actor, you're always going to get a special feature. You could be like a feature. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. yeah, it's crazy. Like, I, I had no concept. I didn't, I didn't understand it. Now, if you're not a, if you're not a good actor, you're not a talented, you're, you're 6'8", like you're going to be some buffoon, I don't know, some big giant, you know, wrestler. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the, the, that, that actually happened where I have an actress friend of mine and she's in the industry, and after the, the Trick Daddy's book was done, I tell people all the time, your greatest success and your greatest breakthroughs are going to come when you've been forced out and kicked off and pushed off the ledge and, and, and sent outside in the cold. Because what happens is, Sai, we are more resourceful than we think we are. God has given each living human being the ability to be Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. To be Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying. But a lot of the, when, when you live in a reality where you get comfortable, you're not forced. It's not forced out of you. Right. So after the book, I had nothing going on. <laughs> 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 and, uh, my actress friend was like, Peter, there's this role, and it's for your guy your size. And Peter, literally, how many guys your height are really great actors? Right. I'm like, man, and boy, I'm not. My name is Amoy, very different. I said, I'm not doing this, man. I'm a grown man. You know, because I don't know if you're familiar, but our movie, the audition process is the most humiliating, most vulnerable. You got to, I have a lot of respect for you guys. Like, yeah. going to audition, audition, you got 10 people in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all sitting there, they're acting like they don't even want to be bothered with you. They're giving you. And I gotta admit, some of these guys are like they they have like a complex or something. So you know, and you have these hungry actors. You know, in that industry, you're all bright eyed, you're all excited, you're all <laughs> nodding your head, and you're just sitting down. And he's like, "Yo, John, who the hell is this? I don't even think you're good for the point. And sometimes, side they're, they're they're talking this, and you're hearing them. Like you're I know, saying, "Yo, I don't think she's cut this," and you are hearing this. So. I've, been, I've, I've experienced it. It's, it's the most nerve-wracking, humiliating yeah. thing I've ever well, had but to you know what, 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 what gave me a little bit of a plus is that at that point, Peter, Peter Bailey and I were sleeping in cars in Brooklyn. You know, what else are you going to do to me, Sai? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, go, I do the audition. I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with the process. Like right. I said, I was on a really rough time in my life. I flew up to New York. I did it. And I didn't understand with an audition, uh, maybe I'm wrong or I'm right, but if they're considering you for the role, they don't tell you anything. I was right. thinking of somebody to tell me, great job, pat on the back, hoo-ha. No. So I just walked out and, and to the point where one of the producers said, kind of, Peter, honestly, when they talk to you a lot after the audition, that kind of means they're trying to let you down easier. So mm-hmm. I go back and I, I get mad. I said, Moya, man, you got me up there for nothing, man, so... I got the role. They called me back for the role. I was like, oh, wow. 
It was great. Bucks County, Pennsylvania is beautiful. It's north of Philadelphia. Oh, and we nice. were up there filming and and um it, it was it was amazing. Like I said, it was amazing. Clifton, you know, that guy's a jokester, man. He just had everybody just rolling. But um Yeah, so we're hoping, you know, people support, you know, support mm-hmm. the Trump for something that's important to the culture. You know, it's like Definitely. I said, no no disrespect to comedy, but there are more things black people can do than laugh. I agree with you. When will the film be Present it. When will it be out? It's supposed, it's supposed to be out at the beginning of next year, you know. But like I said, that's okay. out of my, that's over my um, yeah. experience level. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> the North Star, the North Star, because the, the, the thing is, the slaves. I, I didn't know. It. Let me tell you something, man. I knew about slavery side, but. Acting in this film and having to take on the character that I took on, like, you guys want to see me in a whole nother life. Wow, I can imagine. Having to take on this character, it was crazy. Like, wow. I, I heard about slavery, you know, you know about slavery, but the fact that they, like, people at one era in time were treated like animals and property, mm-hmm. like, yo, it, it was it was crazy. And the North Star, you know, the slaves, they didn't really have maps or anything, so the North Star was north. So what they did was follow the North Star. And let me tell you what's crazy. They would look at the tree, and whatever direction the moss is growing on the tree, that would tell them if it's east, north, west, or south. Yo, crazy. Wow. And that's why I see our young people today acting crazy sometimes. I want to smack them. Because you have your ancestors that, that went through being... I mean, I didn't even know there was a breed, there was a breeding chamber where they would put like a big strong slave in a room with women and just breed for like weeks, like an animal. Whoa. And you know, you have our kids, and I think we've grown as a country where I think that what I love about our country is that we got whites, we got blacks, we got Asian, we got Latinos. Everybody's about progress. Everybody's about like with Obama. Mm-hmm. If you look at his campaign, you see a rainbow of people. Everybody yeah. holding. I was watching the celebration and it blew me away. I, I nearly started crying again. I cried the first time he won. I saw these people. I saw this old white man. He had on like a Confederate shirt, yo, mm-hmm. and he was in the rally cheering Obama, Obama. You know, just Wasn't that amazing? That the position. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then you go over to the Republican, you just see one demographic, and they mad. Yeah. They need to get over the fact that America, we 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 trying to move away from this hate. We're trying to love and live, man. You know, because mm-hmm. we we don't stop this race thing. The world is looking at us. China and these different countries, they're looking. If we don't, how do you want to hate somebody because they just, they're just genetic, say, black? Like, that, that's crazy to me. It is crazy, especially in this day and age. I'm going to hate somebody because they're white. Like, they're born because they're white or they're Latino. How do you want to like somebody because of that? So I think this election really showed that we as a people, we're trying to do, we're trying to move on, man. We're trying to just, let, let, let's move on. Yes. And the film, The North Star, is a lot about that story, too, because we got people coming together. We got whites, everybody can come together saying, yo, we want to do we want to do better by God, you know, earth. So, baby. I can't wait. Baby. Yeah, I, I think I was very, um, <laughs> I was in their lane. So I was just happy to be in the building trying to cross my T's, dot my I's, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something. I gotta admit, I see why a lot of actors are arrogant. People should never be arrogant. But 
that experience is kind of like you got people waiting on you handling something crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on, every time I fall, I got somebody running. I said, boy, you don't got to fit me up. I'm good. <laughs> Yo, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm good. It's like, it, you can turn people into real people. Like that. It, it, it's an interesting experience, man. So I guess I see why so many people want it. You know, yeah. when I think people have to understand what I've learned just in my day-to-day life experience, people who want success in the creative field for the after effects, like I told a kid, what does it make to be a writer? And I said, you are willing to write, go sick, lose weight, obsessing over 300 pages that may never be published, mm. that may, you may never make money off of, you may never have a book signing, you will never be sitting on the Oprah's book club if she still has it, you will never do talk shows. If you are willing to just write it for the sake of putting this out, Side of you, as in this, this this book is a living, breathing entity inside of you, and mm-hmm. writing it is a release. You got a chance. You got a chance. <laughs> but you will never get through three hundred pages if you're thinking about some book signing and pictures and red carpet. Mm-hmm. Never, mm-hmm. never. It's, it's, it's like being a rapper. You think a guy like Nas. Nas, a guy, it looks like he'll be in a jungle with no money, just rapping for the sake of rapping. Because he loves the art scene. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you... acting, acting is the same thing, I think. I mean, you got to just love it to really go through what those guys. Like, one of the guys on set, like, just the story, he's been doing background work for 10 years. Like, wow. wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy. I know it was an awesome experience. Like I said, I can't wait to see the movie. Please keep me in the loop as to <laughs> when course, it's going to be out so I can share it with our listeners and Twitter fan page and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Have you had the feeling that you've arrived yet that, wow, I'm finally at the top? Have you had that feeling um, yet? No, because that's when you get that feeling. That's when you start feeling yourself and you fall off and get complacent. But mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong to sit down, though and look back at where you were and embrace your accomplishments and appreciate it. And I don't yeah. care what level you are. I don't care if you're a guy in Kmart that graduated from mopping the floors for the cashier. You know, because success is very relative. Not everybody wants to. Everybody's idea happiness and success is relative. But what I do do, I do sit and I reminisce. You know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things I want to do. But I'll tell you this, it, it, God forbid I leave the earth next week, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I gave the world, you know, being a demand herald and writing stories that actually yes. have the policy, like laws were actually put in place because of some of the stories, articles I wrote. I'm, I'm good. You know, God forbid if I got to stop whatever happens tomorrow, I can literally say I'm happy with what I gave society. And I think... Anyone right now, if they can't see tomorrow, they're taking off the face of the earth, and they want to have you like they get excited. You really everything about what you doing with your life. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that could be on any level. You don't have to be an artist have a show. That, that could be the guy that came on as the cashier, and, you know, after work, he's volunteering over here by the YMCA. Right. Me, that's right. a hero. You know, that's a hero to me. I think a lot of times we over-celebrate the entertainment world. Exactly. Yeah, people have. I, I was. I was watching. What's the guy's name? Bill Withers. I, I'm a big fan, and I was watching his documentary, and he said that everyone has talents, but 
but it's a travesty that we don't, because one person's talent isn't as visible like as a singer, we don't value it. You know, I, I have a buddy, a good friend of mine, he's just good with, I got off the phone with him earlier, he's very good at connecting people and bringing people's energy together for greater good. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a gift. You know, it yeah. might not be something you see on the cover of a magazine, but it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of friends like that, too, and I completely agree with you. Yeah, that's because that, that that's an art form. That, because mm-hmm. I don't really have patience sometimes, but you know it's like but that, that's your art form. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, us creative types sometimes we like to be in our own little world. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sort of like an introvert. I'm a Virgo. You know, I don't have Virgo to be. In, see, too. we yeah. don't we don't have to be in the midst of the party to really no, have a good no. time. We like Not we like all. to chill. We like to chill. Yeah. Quiet. We don't have to be around a bunch of people. Definitely. Definitely. When it's all said and done, Mr. Bailey. Yes, ma'am. What would you like your legacy to be? Mm-hmm. Man, Lord, I don't like to talk about legacy because I think death. When I think le- legacy. Um, <laughs> my idea, maybe it, it may change two years from now, but right now at this moment, I just want my body of work to shift the culture and how we see each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's 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 really it. You know, when D'Angelo stepped into music, he shifted the culture of music. When yeah. Alan Alverson stepped into sports, he shifted the culture of sports. So I really want my body of work to really be a shift in the media and how we, you know, because the, me- the media, that's our communicator. So I want to really, I think Nightcap and my work is putting a stamp on the way we communicate. And the way we view each other. Uh, what type of woman do you like? And, and that I possibly, in? Want, I possibly, possibly may want ten million dollars to nominate. You are so silly. Oh boy, this is the part of the conversation where side starts to dig into my my my, my, my romance life. Okay. Yeah, we yeah we gotta we gotta be you know sometimes I'm a little nosy and other people want to know too. This is real people, real combo, real people, real, real. Combo. always. What type what of kind woman, of women? What type of woman attracts? Peter Bailey. I love a love a simple woman. I don't like divas. I don't like the whole this whole diva thing. I'm a diva. I'm a diva. I love mm-hmm. a woman, man. She's not pressed. You know, when me and my lady, you know, if, if, if I'm telling our baby, um, it's a Saturday, she's not. We could just go to the park, and she just right. enjoys. We just she just she just enjoys me. She's not asking who's gonna be there at the venue. You know, it's like me and her could. I mean, I'm a versatile type of brother, so I'm the type of guy. I could go over here to Liberty City in the Wingstop, Pow Wow, eat some chicken with the homies. And mm-hmm. then I could go over here, I could go down to Fort Basil and, you know, embrace some Picasso. So I like a woman that could do that. You know, she could let her head down, and we could go get some fried chicken over here in the corner. And then, okay. you know, she, we could dress up and go to a gala. I just, I like <laughs> I love, I like simple women. I, I don't I don't like the diva stuff, man. Where yeah. it's just it's just too much. You, you think it, it's like you're overthinking. You're right, right. Too seriously, and I love a woman with a sweetheart. I love mm-hmm. a person with a good heart. Like I've dated, you know, very beautiful women, and some it's like I tell people all the time. Sometimes, but some of them were. It's kind of like they were, you know. To me, your heart makes you more beautiful than really your aesthetics sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. love a woman with a kind spirit. Like, when, I, when I'm when i dating a woman, I don't look at how she treats me. 
My mother always told me, Peter, look how she treats other people. How does she yeah. talk to the, to the, to the doorman? You know, you know, it's like when, when I see a woman and women or whatever, dating whatever, and say we're cooking, and she says, baby, I'm going to take a plate of food down to the doorman. I love that. She, that's a good person. You know, that, yeah. that's a good, I, I like a sweet, I, I like a sweet woman. You know, some guys, you know, the whole thing about the tough, you know, I don't like any of that. I, mean, I like a sweet, a sweetheart. Like, I, like my, like, I'm the type of guy, I guess because, you know, I, I've been called kind of dominant. So I tend <laughs> to be attracted to women who are more laid back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or back, just mm-hmm. re- and just chill. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. Okay. And what, what guilty pleasures do you indulge in? Like, for instance, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but that's my guilty pleasure. Reality television oh, is my guilty pleasure. God. What is Peter's guilty pleasure? <laughs> Everybody laughs at me all the time. I hate, I hate to admit this. Because, you know, we just spent like over a half hour with such a intellectually driven, stimulated conversation. Uh-huh. Once in a while, I catch myself watching more. <laughs> watching what? See, you know what I mean? Once in a blue moon, I catch myself about five minutes catching Tyrone, you are not the father. I don't know what it is. That and cheaters. That and cheaters. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's so funny. I can't see you watching Maury. I really can't see that. Nobody can. Nobody can. Nobody. Like a but like a, a girlfriend of mine, she said, Peter, what, 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 what is like you just been reading a book about Hannibal and Roman civilization, and you see I'm hearing in the bedroom, Tyrone. When it comes to five year old Tyquisha, you are not the father. <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. I have a little thing, new thing I've added to the side effect. It's, mm. it's a sixty second. Speed round of getting to know Peter Bell. Oh, you ready? Oh boy, yeah, I'm ready. That's long as right. nothing X rated. You good? <laughs> I wouldn't do you like that without warning. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You pick one yeah. or the other. It's that simple. I'm going to start the clock. All right. Okay. All right. Dolphins or the heat? Heat. Chicken or steak? Dinner or movie? Uh, Dinner. Michael Jackson or Janet Jackson? Michael. Chris Brown or James Brown? James. iPhone or Blackberry? iPhone, baby. Facebook or Twitter? Uh, Ah, that's a hard one. Twitter for Facebook for
person. Oh, we love ooh. you. I love you. You I pass. love you too. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on the Side Fed Radio Show. And I wish you much, much, much more success. I can't wait to Thank see you. you on the big screen getting your acting Thank on. And share with everybody share with everybody your information in Cyber World. How to uh, connect with you on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter Twitter is at I am Peter Bailey because my father decided to name me like the most popular white guy name on the planet. So it's only <laughs> I am Peter Bailey. Um, Facebook is Peter Bailey. Um, my Twitter handle for Nightcap is at Nightcap, N-I-T-E-C-A-P-W-P-B. So that's at Nightcap with W-P-P-B. And the website, you know, for all the episodes and work is www.iampeterbailey.com. That's L-E-Y.com. All right. Thank you so much and much success to you, my brother. Thanks, I appreciate it. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you for joining in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, check us out next time for more fun and more laughs on The Sire.